I came that they may have life and have it among them. Let the word go forth from this time and place to friend and foe alike that the torch has been passed to a new generation of Americans. We're going to win by being the people that other people want to be around. Society wants guys who have an answer, guys who are committed, men who have a plan to make things better and go out and do it. You are listening to Night Vision. Hello and welcome to Night Vision, a multi-platform audio magazine presented by the Indiana State Council of the Knights of Columbus, designed to enrich, enlighten, educate, and entertain. This holiday edition of Night Vision features a poem, prayers, and peanuts. First, Walter shares a special holiday poem. Then something very special, Christmas greetings and prayers of hope from the bishops of Indiana's five dioceses. And finally, some vintage pite-sized insight, just when we need it most. And it all starts right now. Here's Walt. In a previous night vision, we interviewed the real Santa Claus, St. Nicholas, who had a reputation for secret gift-giving and has been a part of making the Christmas season an expression of the mystery of faith. While there is a bit of sparkle and magic in believing in Santa Claus, the best part for us Catholics and Christians is there is room for him within the true meaning of Christmas by simply acknowledging the true reason for the season. Here's a poem by Warren D. Jennings, Santa's Prayer on Christmas Eve, in which Santa does exactly that. The sleigh was all packed, the reindeer were fed, but Santa still knelt by the side of his bed. Dear Father, he prayed, be with me tonight. There's much work to do and my schedule is tight. I must jump in my sleigh and streak through the sky, knowing full well that a reindeer can't fly. I will visit each household before the first light. I'll cover the world and all in one night. With sleigh bells a-ringing, I'll land on each roof, amid the soft clatter of each little hoof. To get in the house is a difficult part, so I'll slide down the chimney of each child's heart. My sack will hold toys to grant all their wishes. The supply will be endless, just like the loaves and the fishes. I will fill all the stockings and not leave a track. I'll eat every cookie that is left for my snack. I can do all these things, Lord, only through you. I just need your blessing, then it's easy to do. All this is to honor the birth of the one that was sent to redeem us, your most holy son. So to all of my friends, least your glory I rob. Please, Lord, remind them who gave me this job. So, brother knights, family, friends, and most importantly, Santa's helpers, hold Christ in your hearts as we pray for those we love. Especially pray for those who are seeking his love in whatever stage they are, that through the birth of the Christ child, they find love that warms their hearts. We wish you a Merry Christmas. May God bless you and hold you with the love Mary has as she held Jesus on that first Christmas. And now, some much-needed holiday messages of hope and reassurance from our bishops. 
Dear sisters and brothers in Christ, this is Archbishop Thompson of Indianapolis. Christ's greetings of good tidings and joy, celebrating the incarnation of God becoming man in the person of Jesus Christ, whatever one's plight in life is a cause to rejoice. Our Savior was born into earthly poverty that we might reap the heavenly riches of eternal life. There has been much weighing upon the spirit of humanity during this last year. We continue striving to overcome the struggles of COVID amid an increase in violence, mental health issues, ever-increasing polarization, humanitarian concerns, impact of natural disasters, and social unrest throughout our country as well as the world. Many are still struggling with health, economic, housing, and justice issues. Underlying all these issues and concerns is our need for meaning, purpose, and belonging. Christmas reminds us that our deepest hungers, thirst, desires, and needs are ultimately satisfied by divine grace, mercy, and love. The celebration of Christmas marks how God provides for humanity, what is beyond that which can be met by the world. After all, it is the Creator, rather than created beings or things, that makes salvation possible for us. The Christmas event, the birth of Jesus Christ, involves nothing less than the supremely divine being of all creation breaking into the human condition in a way that exceeded human imagination and invention. In the person of Jesus Christ, God became one like us in all things but sin. He came to us so that nothing could prevent us from being reconciled to him and one another. And so regardless of whatever challenges or hardships we may be facing, every man, woman, and child has cause to rejoice in Jesus Christ. In him, love prevails over hate, hope springs eternal, and faith does not disappoint. I pray that each and every soul may experience the peace and tenderness of divine mercy in celebrating the birthday of our Savior, Jesus Christ, keeping in mind that the best is still yet to come. Blessed Christmas. Greetings to all of my brother, Knights of Columbus. This is Bishop Kevin Rhodes, Bishop of Fort Wayne South Bend. And again, I'm very happy to wish you a very blessed Advent and joyful Christmas um, as we prepare to celebrate the birth of our Savior. Um, it is uh, so important that we keep in mind that the great gift of Christmas is Jesus. And I'm so grateful to the Knights of Columbus for your keeping Christ in Christmas, because Jesus is truly God's gift to us, the gift of himself. God gave himself in his only begotten son. It's amazing to think about how God took on our humanity to give his divinity to us. The word became flesh and dwelt among us, St. John teaches us. And this is truly the most amazing truth of our faith. Just imagine that God would become man. This was beyond anyone's dreams that the almighty and eternal God would enter history as a newborn baby. The incarnation was beyond any human expectation. So I encourage you to contemplate the mystery of Christmas. And when we do, we become like the shepherds and like the magi. All we can do is approach the mystery in adoration with wonder and awe. So 
let us all meditate on the nativity of our Lord. I like to do so at the side of Mary and Joseph because they were the privileged witnesses to the birth of the Son of God into the world. We can imagine Mary wrapping the infant Jesus in the swaddling clothes and laying him in the manger. And perhaps Joseph the carpenter prepared the manger for the newborn baby. Can think of the love of Mary and Joseph for their infant son, God's son. And even though the child in the manger looked like other newborn infants, his identity as the son of God, true God and true man, certainly filled Mary and Joseph with the greatest awe. So I would like to extend a blessing to all of you, the blessing uh, from the church's book of blessings during this season. You believe that the Son of God once came to us. You look for him to come again. May his coming bring you the light of his holiness and free you with his blessing. May God make you steadfast in faith, joyful in hope, and untiring in love all the days of your life. You rejoice that our Redeemer came to live with us as man. When he comes again in glory, may he reward you with endless life. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Merry Christmas, everyone. Hello, everyone. This is Bishop Tim Doherty in Lafayette, Indiana, wishing everyone Happy Christmas. That expression, Happy Christmas, is something you hear in England, and I heard it in my first Christmas as a seminarian. I traveled with a group on really cheap air tickets to get up to London um, to see the sights, and it was absolutely wonderful. Years later, um, that trip helped me to understand a story that I had heard, a Christmas story, about the National Gallery in London that ran a show every fall of Christmas paintings, that is, pictures and paintings of the nativity of Jesus. And as the story goes, a, a group of children were brought on a tour through the gallery to look at various paintings done over various centuries of the nativity scene. And the person making the explanation of the paintings is called a docent. This person guides groups and gives a little art history. Well, after about the 12th painting of the nativity, a little boy asked the docent, could you please tell me why in every one of those pictures the baby is a boy? Uh, this tells us something about what we need in terms of catechizing people and spreading the good news and, and to tell them what Christmas is really about. And more than that, who Christmas is all about. So yes, there's a reason why the baby in all those pictures is a boy, it's Jesus, if you haven't guessed by now. Um, it's a wonderful time of year. It's a very important feast day for us. And there are some things that we don't often think about as we celebrate the incarnation of Christ. One of them is that it was a great shock to people that God would have come in human form, much less as a baby. In the ancient world, as we're finding today in some places, people believe that who a human being really is, is a spirit, and that the body is just kind of a vessel or a taxicab that carries us around while we're alive. And actually, part of the revelation of the Son of God becoming man is that this body is more than a vehicle. It's a part of who we are, part of our personality, and a created part of us 
body and soul that's called uh, to God's service, to call to love, to be, uh, to be God's love for other people, uh, and to eventually, our prayer is, uh, to enter heaven uh, and to rise body and soul in that glorified way. We don't exactly know what that will be. So it's not accidental that Jesus um, is a physical human being uh, as we celebrate. Another thing that's probably become more apparent to a lot of you, especially if you have children, is that we become more human when we have children. Um, you know, we relate to the world in a whole different way. And it's shocking of how much children uh, change our appreciation for physical existence. It's a, a kind of amazing how, if we're still talking to our parents, how it changes our relationship with the people who are the grandparents of these children. Uh, so Christmas is precious to us because it's a concentration, yes, on the birth of Jesus, but it's also a time to reflect on the importance of our very human existence uh, and the fact that God can speak through an individual. And this is another piece of our revelation. We're looking at a... Um, a belief and an understanding that individuals are important. Individuals have dignity. And there are presently in the world ongoing political philosophies that say, no, you're only important, important because you're part of a, of a large national group. This was part of the problem with the dawn of fascism and communism, the belief that individuals were kind of secondary. The really living creature was the whole population as a whole. That may be more than you wanted to know about Christmas, but it, it is, um, it's an important event. It has deep meaning. It's kind of subversive when you compare our belief about Christ and the dignity of individual human beings with how individuals are being treated in our culture and some other cultures. So it's important. Um, and because we believe individuals have this dignity, we look also uh, to honor them by honoring their intellect and their free will. Uh, it's important for us to understand that with this great gift of life comes some responsibilities, but also some tools that we can use to participate uh, in the building up of our human society, our families, our schools, our work, whatever. So this, this may seem like a deep drive for Christmas, but at the same time, um, it kind of sends the message that Christmas isn't just for children. It's for us to reflect on our human nature, and on who God calls us to be, and to be able to look at each other and other people's children with a very profound respect, and I would hope a great joy, um, because there's a great promise in each new young life, and we really celebrate that at Christmas. I wish God's choicest blessings for you as you proceed to celebrate with you and yours in the coming days. God bless you all. From the Evansville Diocese, here is the Most Reverend Bishop Joseph Siegel. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, the great feast of Christmas, unlike any other holiday, has such powerful imagery. The Christmas tree, the glimmering lights, beautifully wrapped presents, festive parties, mouth-watering dinners, and familiar carols all contribute to our celebration of this special day. These powerful images are a very important part of this incredible feast. For what we celebrate on Christmas is truly incredible almost impossible to believe what God has done for us. The eternal God, all-powerful and all-knowing, who created heaven and earth, is born for us as a small, helpless child. God has literally broken heaven open and come down to dwell among us for a time, clothed in our own human flesh, to save us from the power of sin and death. 
Because this is so profound a mystery, we need all the sights and sounds and traditions of this season to remind us that the events we celebrate this day are radically different from anything else we celebrate, to remind us that God himself has entered into our lives and our world. Yet we must always step beyond the outward signs and symbols, for they are simply means, pointers that lead us to the more profound mystery of Christmas. It is in the midst of this mystery that we need to ask ourselves, what does it mean that God is with us? Perhaps rather than asking what Christmas means, we need to ask, what does Christmas do? To answer this, we have to go to Bethlehem, beyond the noisy, glittering images, to the stable, where we see only a tired couple far from home, a husband and wife struggling to find comfort as they share the joy of a new child. It is a joy they share with only a few shepherds, huddled together near their flocks close to the manger. The image here is quiet and still, stark in its simplicity and its peace. It is a peace that invites us in and envelops us. It is a peace that fills and comforts us. The Christ child, the Prince of Peace, beckons us that he might calm the weary and noisy turmoil of our world and our lives and form a new creation of our hearts with faith and love. The loving mother, radiant with light, lifts the infant Savior in blessing the darkness of our world. It is this Christ child that who can transform us and give us new hope and a new perspective. It is this Christ child that can renew our church, our families, our relationships, our priorities. But only if we allow him to come to us, to dwell within us, to take flesh in us, in the silence and peace of our hearts. This is what Christmas does, and it's quiet. It not only tells us of love, it bestows on us the grace to be in love. Our God entered this world to whisper to us in the silence of this holy night that he loves us so much as to give us his only Son, to live, die, and rise for our salvation. And he gives us the hope that we too can love one another more profoundly, that peace on earth starting in our hearts, our homes, our communities, can be a reality if we but call upon the grace of our baptism, living as the beloved children of God, sharing that grace and acts of faith, hope, and charity. We hate to leave the holy place in Bethlehem, the silence and the peace, because we know that the dreams of that night is not fully upon us. In Jesus' day, King Herod lurked a short distance away, and all too soon the wood of the manger would become the wood of the cross. In our own days, we know that the spirit and meaning of this feast has not yet full, fully permeated our hearts or the hearts of our world. The dream and hope of peace on earth, goodwill among all people, is not yet fulfilled. And all too often, King Herod's still hold power. Yet each Christmas reminds us that the grace is here if we wish to unwrap it and use it by spreading God's powerful and incredible love with all we meet. So we celebrate Christmas with our parish family at Mass and with our own families and friends at, with dinners and gifts and all the festivities proper to this day. Let us not forget to go to the stable for a moment of silent praise. If all we have to offer the Christ child is our sinful selves, it is enough, for in Jesus' eyes we are a precious gift, and he will never reject us. Let us gaze upon the word of God made flesh, who lies in the silence of the crib, and having experienced his peace, hope, love, and joy, let us share the good news with those we meet that Jesus is born for us as our Lord and Savior, speaking not just with words, 
but in the eloquent silence of loving kindness, patience, and compassion. It is my prayer for you on this Christmas that the very love of God come down to earth and born of the Blessed Virgin Mary may always be in your hearts and in your homes, keeping you in his care this holy day and throughout the new year. Christmas blessings to you and to those you love. This is Bishop Robert McClory of the Diocese of Gary here in Northwest Indiana. During the Advent and Christmas season, we often reflect on the following beautiful passage from the Gospel of Matthew. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. The entire liturgical season is one in which we prayerfully anticipate, once again, the gift of Jesus. We identify with generations of old in longing for the Messiah. As we remember the historical event of the birth of Jesus, this is also a season to remind ourselves that Jesus continues to give himself to us every day. What is the primary expression of this gift today? The Eucharist. The Second Vatican Council describes the Eucharist as the source and summit of the Christian life. In the Holy Eucharist, we experience in our day that God is with us in the body and blood of Jesus. Especially as we continue to navigate our way through and beyond COVID-19, all of us need to reflect more deeply on the beautiful gift of the Eucharist. Sadly, since the onset of the pandemic, many members of the faithful have not returned to fully participate in the Mass and have strayed away from the gift of the Eucharist. While there are legitimate reasons for not receiving the Eucharist, this trend may reflect that some people have simply decided that the Eucharist is not particularly important in their lives. When you stray from doing something healthy, like exercising or eating a healthy diet, it can be difficult to get back into the swing of things. Receiving the gift of Jesus through the sacrament of Holy Communion is so much more than a good habit. The saving grace of the Eucharist is transformational. Advent is a great season to renew our hearts and return to the Lord, return to the Mass, return to the Eucharist. Advent is also a penitential season. It's a season in which we seek the mercy of the Lord more deeply. God loves you. Jesus wants to help you live a new life. As we continue to prepare for the gift of the Savior, let us act upon the call of John the Baptist to change the way we're living. What's keeping you stuck in your old ways? A great way to enter into Advent is to resolve to receive the Sacrament of Reconciliation. Opening ourselves to the Sacrament of Mercy is great preparation 
to receive the Lord in the Holy Eucharist. Christians have always believed that we should be penitent and prepared to receive the Holy Eucharist. We hear in the Gospel of Matthew, If you bring your gift to the altar and there recall that your brother has anything against you, leave your gift there at the altar, go first and be reconciled with your brother and then come offer your gift. God prepared the world from ancient times for this moment that we prepare to celebrate. In the birth of Jesus, we know that God is with us. In the Eucharist, the gift of Jesus continues to be given. Let's prepare ourselves during this Advent season to celebrate with the people of old that the Messiah has come and is coming again. Let's prepare ourselves right now to appreciate and receive the Holy Eucharist, in which we say, Amen, with joyful hearts, that God is with us. This is Bishop Robert McClory signing off and asking God to bless you as you anticipate the celebration of our Lord's birth and the precious gift of the Holy Eucharist. A second year of COVID, a new variant, higher gas prices, supply chain backups, and inflation. Does it all have you wondering, Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Well, you're not alone. So, as all of us here at Night Vision wish you and your families a safe, happy, and holy Christmas season, we leave you with this nostalgic, heartfelt Christmas reflection. Sure, Charlie Brown, I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid, and the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. Night Vision is a presentation of the Indiana State Council of the Knights of Columbus and Catholic Radio Indy. Contributors for this episode include Scott Schutte, Walt Pahan, and Bob Zielinski. Night Vision is produced by Z Media Studios in South Bend, Indiana.